Greetings, mobile accomplishers. Welcome to the Vergecast. We're recording this on April 28th, 2016. And as you can tell from that stunningly professional introduction, I am not Neil Patel. I am Dieter Bone. And I am joined by... I'm not Dieter Bone. I'm Paul Miller. I'm Jake Kastronakis. I'm Nicola Fumo. Hey. Can I going? ask a question? Yeah. What's a mobile accomplisher? <laughs> I have to explain this like every ten verge casts. Really? I'm sorry, I've missed it. That's how Dieter and that's how Dieter introduced his legacy podcast of a decade ago. That's correct. Oh. A mobile accomplisher. Uh, so um, whenever whenever companies make gadgets, they come up with like like cute demographic terms for the people that they think will buy them. Right. And mobile accomplisher was the group that uh, Palm CEO Ed Colligan thought was going to buy the Trio 680 which was the first trio without a antenna and came in multiple colors. This is this is a very well-known fact, but you literally can't ask Dieter any question no. with, <laughs> it's without trio or palm <laughs> popping up in the answer. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's good. Uh, so we had a big week. Paul works at The Verge now, mm-hmm. officially. Uh, we like to call him Al Plumlier. Yeah, it was a secret, secret. <laughs> I had a pseudonym for the first time ever. As Al Plumlier is how you pronounce it. Plumlier. Yeah, you have to really get into it. I mean, it's wonderful because I feel like Neli himself has been threatening to write under a pseudonym for years, right. and finally he just made you do it. Yeah, yeah. that's how. That's how he does. Neli is uh, at a conference in New Orleans. I assume that it also involves. I don't know, drinking and partying. <laughs> Are you say drinking? Because I'm going to say drinking. Uh, but we're here, and we just launched this week Circuit Breaker, which is uh, the world's best gadget blog. It's a gadget blog that comes to you from The Verge. It is available uh, at theverge.com slash circuitbreaker and also at facebook.com slash circuitbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, putting up videos, Facebook instant articles. We're talking about gadgets. Paul, tell, tell us about Circuit Breaker. Circuit Breaker is a gadget blog. And just, there it is. It has just gadgets. I think that's the thing is you go to verge.com slash Circuit Breaker and you're going to see gadgets. And I think if that's important <laughs> to you, you know who you are. And I love I love just pulling up that page like that's a gadget. That's a gadget. That's well, that's pretty much a gadget. Basically a gadget. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we did something about um, there's this. I'm excited about the story because this is the story my dad wanted to talk to me about the other night was this like machine learning thing that automatically classifies black and white images and then turns them into color images. Okay. Is that a gadget? Because I put it on Circuit Breaker. (laughs) (laughs) We actually had huge, massive knockdown dragout arguments about whether or not apps could go on Circuit Breaker or not. Mm. And we, we came down with yes. Why? Because because you, you run them on gadgets. Oh, okay. That's, that's also okay. because we're not monsters. Gadget I mean, that's the kind of thing that I want out of a gadget blog, though, right? It's like, it's the gadgets and then what I can do with the gadgets I have. Right. That's what I, I'm looking for software that makes it more of a gadget. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like a novel machine learning technique, it's like an advancement of the state of the art. Yeah. That's like when a new graphics card comes out. That's, 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 my, that's my excuse, at least. My favorite part of Circuit Breaker is the reclaiming of the word blog, yes. which became mm. like kind of dirty for a little while because right. it meant unpolished. But now you're like, no, nah, it's back. It's yeah. really freeing. Yeah. I'm experimenting with new, new prose styles. I'm experimenting with really old prose styles that I use over and over again. Like I expect me to type the, the, the like accept comma well comma like four times a day. That's all I do. Except. Well, Except, well, uh, I mean, even here, yeah, right? yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I like the argument that you had with yourself in the one story. Um, you just pasted a bunch of people's Slack arguments into a story. Oh, yes. Rewrote them into an argument, made yourself look brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it really took our quotes out of context. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I admitted That's to it. That's been the highlight of Circuit right? Breaker for me so far. Yeah, this was, this was an argument that we had about whether or not we should write about the fact that AT&T said that they were closing down its 2G network, the Edge network, which they said three years ago that they were doing or four years ago that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So like, like, what is, is what is AT&T's 2G Edge network mean to you? Um, it's commercials I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think you get a lot of data. <laughs> is that, or is it the thing where you can trade in? Okay, I made <laughs> the same mistake. I'm like, oh dang, AT and T is shutting down its trade-in program. No, that's AT and T. I think that's Next. Mm. I think yeah. Verizon is Edge. Oh, that's it was, the Verizon was yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edge is the network that came before 3G. Oh, so the iPhone originally was on Edge. And then the iPhone 3G was like, this is a big deal because now 3G. But Edge was. Oh, wait. Yes, I remember seeing that in the corner. Mm. Why did they call it That's Edge what, and not e. 2G? Yeah. The e or something. Because like, nobody, nobody we was, weren't on the Gs yet? No, nah, we I don't think G's. we're on the Gs yet. They may have, there may have been some people that call it 2Gs. By the time we got to 2.5G, well, by the time we got to 3G, AT&T was behind on its rollout of the HSPA network. Mm-hmm. And so they started saying when the first iPhone was coming out that, uh, no, man, we're not just 2G, we're 2.5G because our mm. edge is really, really fast. Right. Yeah. Did edge sound like fast and exciting? Dude, it was. Okay. So I mean, never got a chance to use edge. In the US, it was there was CDMA on Sprint and Verizon, and that was like legitimately faster than Edge. But all the cool phones from Europe were running on either Edge or later HSPA. And so I would get phones that you would have to use an AT&T or maybe Team or at the time Voice Stream because like that that was a cool phone from Europe and I couldn't get the stuff on CDMA because everything on CDMA was giant blocky uh, white labeled HTC phones like the PPC 6700. Yeah. Oh, the Moto, Moto Q. Moto Q. That was, that was 3G. That was CDMA. Yeah. Which I thought was was Edge. I had the E sixty two, the Nokia. Mm, that thing was hot. That was Edge. Yeah, that was my my introduction. Yeah, it was just it was the jump from like a like a fourteen what? four <laughs> modem, like mm. like slowest, barely can experience any internet, so you just don't even bother. I mean, to actually useful internet on a phone. Did, didn't didn't I, either of you live through like the transition from three G to LTE? Yeah. And was that not like awesome? It was cool. It was fine. I don't remember. I mean, <laughs> it's like, imagine going from, I don't know, GPRS, like the original G, uh, the OG. The OG. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so G is not generation? G is GPRS? No, G is generation. Okay. But right. GPRS was the first widespread right, data right, network okay. that wasn't, um, that was like really packet switched and like actually like internet and not, you know, the crazy pager stuff that uh, Blackberry and early editions of Palm were using. In or like days. a literal dial-up. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you'd still like use dial-up codes to use GPRS. Really? Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd like program and you didn't listen for like the modem noise. Right. Anyway, that was um, it was so bad you couldn't access the real web. You could only access like the text version of it uh, over WAP, and um, it it was just pitifully slow. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, you got two G or CDMA, and you were able to like look at images on your phone, which is a thing that took half a day before. All this to say that yeah. Circuit Breaker... Why are we talking about old gadgets? You're talking about blog, new gadgets. That's what Circuit Breaker is a blog, for. but it's also... It's kind of nerdy. Yeah, it was super nerdy. We're gonna we're unapologetically nerdy. I want to talk about our favorite gadgets from this week. And I think Nikola actually picked the best one. Yeah? Yeah. Dyson, vacuum maker, etc., is now reversing air and making a 
hair dryer. A crazy looking hair dryer. Yeah. Like it's very compact. It's four hundred plus dollars. Of course. And it's supposed to be great. Wait, I have a question. It yeah. has this like hollow tube. Isn't someone's hair gonna get like sucked into that thing <laughs> and like ripped out of their head? I mean, like, I'm was sure they thought. thought through that. I feel confident okay. they thought through that. I well, mean, it looks like a very beautiful hair dryer. Yeah. I would want people to see that in my house and think I'm living in the future. I wouldn't even use it. The funniest just, part to me is like air going sucking air out versus pushing air in the other direction, like making vacuum cleaner. It's the opposite. That's really humorous <laughs> to me. When I first got that like press release, I was like, huh, new directions. Yeah. Are you getting one? No. No, because it's $400. Yeah, and I got a good guy at home. I don't need a new one. Yeah. Jake, here's your favorite gadget or two from the week. Favorite gadget or two. Um, did you see the Furbo? Ashley shot a video with this. Oh. With two adorable dogs yesterday. Yes. Um, it's amazing. It, like, shoots cashews out. I mean, does it shoot cashews out? Or dog treats, or dog right? treats? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it sh- shot something out. Anyway, it's, it's, it's this little thing that you can remotely control with, a, with your phone, and... Uh, it has can, like, like a talk. camera on it. Yeah, there's a camera so you can see your dogs. Yeah, yeah. You can talk to them, and you can remotely shoot treats out of it. Or uh, I guess you could shoot food into your own mouth if you really wanted to. I wonder if this is going to change dogs' relationships with objects or with love in general. <laughs> <laughs> because you have this new talking box that they don't know it's you. And they're just going to sit there and hang out with the box. Yeah, and, like, listen to it because it's comforting to hear. And then it shoots a treat. Like, it's going to like the box better than you're going to come home and it's going to be like, what? Do you think the dog would care about your disembodied voice, though? I feel like no. I feel like dogs probably are smart enough to know and, like, love certain voices. But what if it gets changed coming through speaker? Okay, well, that's the thing, because I've seen people, like, video chat, try to video chat, say hi mm-hmm. to a dog. Does not work. Dog does not care. <laughs> really? Yeah, but there's yeah. no food really? associated with that. Um, if there's food associated with it, the dog will care. That's true. But they won't care about the human, right? Right. Which is, is the enjoyment you get by seeing your dog and having your dog see you. I mean, this is just, like, you get to screw with your dog remotely. That's kind of cool. Does the dog just ignore the FaceTime? Like, does it just, like, not look at yeah. it? Yeah. It just, like, how babies with mirrors and... I'm assuming there's, like, because there's... There's no smell association. They just like it's just like a totally separate thing. Yeah. Them. Like what's this little box I moving like I, on? I had a friend who like trained his dog by watching the dog with a baby monitor. He'd leave food out, watch the dog with a baby monitor, and then could speak through the baby monitor and say no. Oh, that's crazy. He invented Furbo. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a progenitor to Furbo. But yeah, yeah, no, apparently the these dogs that we, we tested Furbo on did fall in love with this gadget. Mm. Dogs can love gadgets too. Circuit Breaker one, new week fan, one. Yeah. new fan base. <laughs> We're expanding explicitly dogs. for dogs. Just yeah. I mean, honestly, if we had more like several photo essays of those dogs every day, I feel yeah. like we'd we'd do pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Paul, what's your gadget? My favorite gadget was th- this company called Zotac put a, a PC in a backpack. Like so, the big problem with you know the Oculus Rift and the Vive is you've got these wires streaming down your neck, and it's a pretty long wire, but you can still get tangled in it, and it plugs into a PC. Right. This puts that wire and plugs it into a PC on your back, but it's like a literal like I've seen this cube that they sell, which I'm guessing this is based on. It's still a pretty big PC. Yeah. It's still a little heavy. It's got to run like it that. It must have fans. To like to blow yeah, up the side it's got to get air through there, and then yeah, the backpack's impeding the fans. Um, I have no idea how it works or how uncomfortable. Apparently, it's going to be maybe at Computex, so okay. we're going to try it out there. But it's just absurd to me, and I think it's hilarious. And I really hope, I really want to try it out. Um, I'm just glad people are trying 
trying crazy things. But yeah, we'll get to a point where these will be portable and they could all run, you know, everything's fine and boring. But right now, some crazy person's putting a PC with a GeForce 980 <laughs> in a backpack. <laughs> it's like special kind of for the, the first VR. subway photo. It's going to go up on Gothamist. Somebody wearing that oh, on, like, yeah. on the train. I hope it's me. I hope it's me <laughs> in that subway. Mine's a Trivi, which is a Bluetooth speaker that also runs Alexa. And, it, it, you know, it's like bad. It, my deck was like, don't buy one. I bought one. Wait, why mm. is it bad? It looks like a it, really cute but It's incredibly useless, cute. Maybe? Uh, it's just, it, it just doesn't sound that good. And if you're not on really good Wi-Fi, the Alexa works terribly. Uh, and it's kind of buggy. Um, but there'll be other ones like this coming soon because Amazon's letting anybody make stuff. But the thing I actually love about it is it's made by this company, Invoxia. They're just some like random company that makes random teleconference crap. It's not crap. It's like whatever. But one of the things they make, they make a Wi-Fi box. And you plug the Wi-Fi box into your old-style phone line at home. Or you give it to your mom. Mm -hmm. to plug it into her old-style phone line at home. And then when you call it, the Wi-Fi box picks it up instead of the phone. And then over the internet sends it to the app on your phone and then or on your mom's phone and then she can pick it up and talk to you. And if you want to call somebody from your landline, you can open the app, dial their number. It uses the internet to talk to the Wi-Fi box, which then uses the old telephone line to dial out. It turns like an old telephone line into an app on your phone. Wait, I'm still confused. Also, pick up the phone. Yeah, are you turning? Let's we got old timey phones. Old timey phones. We've got landlines. Yeah. And then we've got this Wi-Fi box. Right. Is this Wi-Fi box coming before the landline, or is the landline hitting the Wi-Fi box? It's like if you have two phones in your house, one's a regular old-timey phone, and one is this Wi-Fi box. Right. And if you want, the Wi-Fi box can pick up and send it to your app. Ah. ah. I feel like it's use-wise the opposite of having a burner phone, because it's like <laughs> you have a second phone number that you're extremely attached to. Right. But you really have to leave it like as a landline. Yeah. Like yeah. a legacy, like decades and decades of this phone number. See, I want to get this for my parents because I always go through the thing where like I got to call my parents and they still have a landline. So I just call that. But if they're not home, then I have to deal with like, well, do I call mom or do I call dad? Mm -hmm. Which one of these two am I going to call and who's going to feel bad if I don't? Mm -hmm. Wait. So instead, they'll both have the app and both of their phones will ring and right. then they'll fight to pick it up. Yeah. And that's not my problem. It'll be like a quick draw <laughs> yeah. situation. Okay. Yeah. I'm right? sure this will be much simpler for them. As well. <laughs> this will solve all the problems. Yeah. Uh, but the trivia is cool because it's just such a gadget. Yeah. It's got this like you like. I wish I brought it down here. You draw on your phone a message that you want to be on the trivia. And then the trivia like pops out this little flag. Yeah. that's like plastic. And I it's just it's hilarious. hilarious. You stick it on your fridge. It's like an easy bake oven. Yeah. I don't know. Of communication. I mean, I bought one. I don't How much know why. is it? It's a it's $200. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's uh, really expensive. Is that like the, and that the cheapest 180. way to... Okay, not the cheapest way. So, to yeah, and a dot is even less than that, I think. I think it's 100 Or a tap, rather. Oh, okay. Is, well, then. Is there going to be an Alexa app for the phone? For phones? Like, if they're uh, opening it up to all these manufacturers, why can't I talk could to be, Alexa There's a right Cortana now? app for Android. Right. Um, but that's like a hassle, right? The entire point of Alexa is like it's just sitting around somewhere yeah. listening. Right. Which like, it's going to be in everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be cool because it'll be in things. It, it'll just start. I assume it'll be like the control scheme for things, too, right? Well, the reason that Alexa is cool as like a thing in your house to control other things is... Jake, you've been reporting on how the smart home is a disaster and there's like too many competing standards and nobody knows who's going to win. And it's, you know, HomeKit versus I forget what Google's crap is called. 
Uh, well, there's like <laughs> Brillo and whatever the other one, Weave. Weave, right. Well, yeah, Weave is a which, way to program to Brillo or something, or is it the other way around? Whatever. Yeah, it's I think Brillo confusing. is the operating system. There's smart things, there's yeah. blah, blah, blah. And Amazon just like rolled in and said, we'll just talk to all of them. And it became the abstraction layer on top of all of those other gadgets. Which is crazy because that's exactly what like SmartThings is doing. Amazon doesn't have like its own standard or right. anything. It's just like everybody like please don't worry about it. It's chill. Just talk to talk to our thing. It'll be good. Um, and apparently that's working. Apparently that's been really easy for people. Whereas this other stuff, it still feels like there's way too many layers going on. Uh, I would not have picked Amazon to solve this problem. No, I don't think Amazon would have picked Amazon to solve this problem. I think Amazon had no idea what it had on its hands with Alexa. They just posted earnings. They, they said they did really well. Which is weird, because when the Echo was first announced, I remember being in the office, and we were all just like, this is the weirdest thing Amazon has ever done. Like, it, they just put up a web page for it, and... We, we were trying to make sense of what this thing was. Yeah, we didn't know what the hell it was. Um, we were like like trying to understand it. Like I We're like, it's a speaker, I guess? It sounded like it was mostly a Bluetooth speaker. Maybe you could talk to it. I yeah. don't know. Even in our review, I feel like we, it was still not totally clear what the Echo was. And then it has evolved so mm. much over like a year. There is something about, like, did you, you ever have Connect with the Xbox One? I never had Connect. <laughs> like, because uh, Microsoft has completely abandoned this plan as well but yeah. there was a time in your life where you had to get connect with the xbox one and you could say xbox on you still can do that if you right. want you could still do it's it terrible but, but the idea that you could say xbox on and then like turn on your tv and everything and get everything running it was cool and like i had that brief moment in my life where i lived like that and now anytime like i want my xbox to be on or my tv to be on i like feel myself almost saying it are you all comfortable just like talking to different random things in your house? Because I'm still like, even if I'm home alone, I'm still like, I I'm not ready to shout like, okay, Google, do this or that. <laughs> so I feel I, fine about it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's once you start doing what other. What if other stuff, people are around? Well, if other people. Mm. Hopefully, there are people you f keep close to yourself because they're in your house, so they should accept you for who you mm. are, even if you yell at stuff. Let me let me ask you this: Do you cook and or clean? Yes. Are you sure? Because like that's the perfect moment for these things when you're like otherwise occupied and like, cooking, like doing the dishes or like cleaning or whatever. Cooking is like really boring. You're like, eh, da, da, da. and like you can get into Zen mode and get into it, but I can't. Uh, and so I'm like, I need something else to occupy my attention. Oh, my hands are wet. Uh, uh, oh, hey, I can just yell out into the room to be entertained and be entertained. Okay, so here's the thing. Frequently, I'll be like chopping up peppers or something that's going on for a while. Yeah, and just I, chopping I'm like, peppers. Yeah, I would love to just scroll through an article that I have pulled up on my phone. Oh. And I can't do that because that's, you have to take your hands off the knife. Da, 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 da. But, but like, that's not something that, like, what can talking about? What you want do is a me? classic Samsung phone where you can gesture. That actually is what I want, uh, which is really depressing. I forgot about that. But like, <laughs> right, like, I, I don't understand what I can get from talking to it. Like, I'm. I don't care about what the score of the Mets game is. Yeah, I will say, like, as much you as I love this conceptually. Get a flash briefing. Get, every, like, all the news of the day. Every time you ask Tribby about the weather, like, Tribby says way too many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. I didn't need to, thing, to like, know all yeah, things about weather. I don't, I don't want a flash briefing. I want to read, like, the specific article yeah. that you is You want to be interest. like, Alexa, read to me. Yeah, I mean, mm. that would be cool. Articles um, on tape. I would use that. Yeah. Um, or even, I don't know, if it could just be, like, Hey, scroll down the page, please. Like that would be dope. I would be into that. Oh, so you'd be you're using a knife with your hand and yeah. a pepper, and you're looking somewhere else. 
Um, maybe. I don't think that's great. Well, okay, that, <laughs> that is a fair point, but uh, the point is I still do not know how to entertain myself with Alexa or Siri or whatnot. I just don't know like what they're going to do for minutes at a time to entertain me while I'm cooking and cleaning. Like I understand that I could fire off a message or two, but I mean, to keep you occupied for like 15 minutes. Can I mean, Alexa play like Audible books? Yeah. I would do well, a lot of cool. that. I think so. I could definitely do Spotify. It definitely does like, I listen to NPR on it all the time. I guess that's cool. I guess that lets you like, especially if you're listening to music, you can kind of just quickly change between different things, yeah. which I have not tried. Okay, so. So. Google has a hardware division now. This should be really cool. They have been making random stuff in random parts of the company for a while, but now they just have a hardware division for phones and tablets and laptops. Do you and think this else. means that tap is in there? That glass. Google wants to make a profit on hardware. Be, <laughs> <laughs> like, does Google want to start competing with like? Do they actually want to sell successfully sell things to people who buy things in like large numbers? Yeah, I don't know. And this is a division of Google. This isn't yes. part of Al this is another alphabet. Company. No, this is a part of Google right. and it's being led by Rick Osterloh who used to be CEO of Motorola and is like, I don't know, a very nice guy. He's a oh, nice good. guy. He seems like a cool He's dude. He's a nice guy. He's just Finally. a nice guy. Yeah. Um outsider perspective, why didn't they have this already? That's a that great seems question. Weird. They make routers, they make Chromecasts, they mm. just like didn't have a hardware person in charge of all those things. Just like a streamlining thing, right. bringing everyone together. So the one thing they won't cop to is whether or not they're making phones. Like, they're still with the Nexus program letting other companies make phones. And the rumor, everybody agrees, is that HTC is making the next Nexus phone. Would you buy a Google phone if Google made the phone? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the Pixel's great. How much of that is truly engineered in-house? All of it. The Pixel is like the, the main thing that they that really kicked them off in making stuff in-house. Yeah, but the Pixel is great, but you wouldn't buy it because it's a $1,000 Chromebook. Right. Like, right. is Google's other hardware going to be the same way? Is it going to be something you'd buy? I mean, the Pixel C is, I mean, I think it's it's like the price of a tablet, but I think it's too expensive because Android remember, tablets are garbage. Remember when they came out with that Sphere? The Q... The next is cute. Google made that too. That was actually that was actually the first thing. That was like a it was like a Google TV kind of device that was gonna be all made in the US somehow. Yeah. It was like ridiculously heavy. It was audio only though. What did it do? It was a sphere, about this big, about okay. the size of like a, a small cantaloupe. Yeah, okay. I guess. And the top twisted and it lit up and you plugged a speaker into it and you used it to play music. And it cost like Three hundred dollars. What? Wait, <laughs> I how does the music get on the thing. sphere? What's that? Why is it a big, heavy sphere? No, how? Like, music? what music are you listening to on it? From where? Google Play. Google Play. Maybe? Wait, this was literally just like. I really thought it was a, a, a TV. Three hundred dollar. It maybe it was a TV audio. Thing too. Uh, it was a media streamer, but like, it was a problem. This is before Chromecast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, it had HDMI out, but, like, everybody was not using it for that. Right. I don't think anybody used it. Well, yeah, well, they, they it canceled the it. the total failure. Yeah, okay, how was it so bad? Because I, I missed this. How was it so bad that they canceled, they announced it and then canceled it within, like, a month? Because oh. it was crazy expensive. It was $300. Yeah, but most companies, there's like, you've built it, you've manufactured a bunch of them, you still, like, go and sell them. But, like, Google... It wouldn't even sell them. I thought it even refunded the people it who did. bought. Like, yeah. how was it that That sounds like bad? a company that needs its own hardware division yeah. to get better at <laughs> this sort of stuff. It's kind of cool looking, though. I'm looking at it now. It, like, yeah. It can only do, like, play movies and uh, YouTube videos. It was dumb. 
It has a lot of plugs coming out. What's of the weird, back. what's crazy is the way that it worked is basically the same way the Chromecast works. Right. Only the Chromecast wasn't an insane. It was $35 instead of 300 So, I don't know. I, we'll see. I don't think they're going to make phones yet. But the crazy thing to me, the craziest thing about this, um, so Glass uh, wasn't technically in Nest. I got that. I misspoke on Twitter. Uh, but it was under control of Tony Fidel, who in Nest has been having a real hard time. Uh, and now it's part of this hardware group. And the ATAP group, which makes all the crazy shit, mm-hmm. they make like uh, touch-sensitive fabric, and they were making modular phones, and they're the ones who came up with Project Tango. And like all the like wild consumer stuff hmm. is also in the hardware division. Well, sorry, this and they lost s- Regina Dugan. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, who's running ATAP now? Because Apparently, Rick Osterlo. Okay, still, it's, that's a huge loss for ATAP. Wait, and are you saying Tony Fidel is off glass now? Right, he was just sort of like hanging on to it on the side. Can you explain to me why people hate Tony Fidel at Google? <laughs> Because I'm getting this vibe, and like, I thought everybody loved Tony Fidel. Uh, people, I uh, met Tony Fidel when they, nice, when nice they bought Dropcam. People, the the culture clashed pretty hard there, and people are, are saying that he's basically like a classic, like Jobsian kind of tyrant oh. inside. It's too bad. There you go. I I cannot speak to precisely why because I am not good friends with Tony Fidel. I don't yeah. know him. I don't want to speak ill of him. I feel like I'm also terrified of him. So please, Tony, <laughs> don't don't hurt me. Glass needs some huge technological breakthrough, or it's just going to look dumb compared to like Hololens yeah. and Magic Leap. I think that that's the plan is to forget that it existed, and they'll they'll release a version that's like okay for doctors, and that'll be the end of it. That right? was what was weird. The, the rumors coming out is that even under Fidel, it sounded like they were going to do a similar thing like maybe for enterprise but it's, I mean were they still going to work on a consumer version of glass because it seemed like a totally failed product they were going to work on like an enterprise version of it okay that's the plan some kind of like you know your cable repair person will have one of these and they'll get schematics on it or well, something the glass is is this special to me because it did not fail because of the technology it was a failure socially right mm. It's just a weird thing that there was a. If only there had been a social backlash against a nascent device. If only there had been like a, a pure gadget blog. Yeah, tell people why yeah. they should care. I think it's weird that ATAP is under in the Google hardware division and not part of Google X. I think that there's like some big friction between like Google X and. ATAP. Yeah, I mean ATAP does. I mean sometimes it makes X, whatever products that can go to market. Right, the uh, the customizable phones, which I'm blanking on the name of. Eight, uh, that's Project Aura, Project Aura, and it's like only sort of getting there. Right. Like, that's been super delayed. Like that could be a legitimate consumer business. Yeah. I understand that being part of Google. They're essentially just Android phones. But then it's also making like connected fabric and stuff, which yeah. does not at all make sense inside of Google. Like That seems like why ATAP was separate, or at least semi-separate for a while. Well, they... The ATAP's thing is like we need to in, within two years we need to come up with an idea and then produce it at uh, convincing scale, and convincing scale is like this could be a product if we wanted it to be, and then if it fails they walk away and do the next thing. It totally should be inside the X division, but like I, I don't know, Astro hates them. I have no idea. It's very weird. So much drama. Mm. I just think it's weird. This is a huge company that, like, all these people are fighting. I know people fight at companies sometimes, but this is weird. Well, I don't, I mean, they couldn't, maybe they're not, but I'm, I don't know. It, that's where it belongs, right? X is the place where they make self-driving cars and crazy uh, kites mm. that turn into uh, windmills. They're making, have you heard of the, I forget what it's called, Project Wing, I think? Mm. Or no, it's something else. Matari, I don't know. Anyway, 
you know how a windmill works, right? I'm waving my arms around, right? <laughs> Imagine instead of... If you could continue of, to demonstrate. Yeah, instead also. of giant fans, there's just some string. And the string goes out, and at the end of the string is a kite. And then they just put 50 of those in a circle. And then those are the things that spin. And then that powers the windmill. So many that tangles. That sounds like some like hippie BS. Be I like, know. What if we use kites instead of blades? The world would be way more peaceful. Like, is that going to save them money? I don't get it. Well, you can you can the, the kites can go way further out. You know, because I'm waving my arms again. Because mm. uh, they can be further out than the uh, the fan of a blade, and mm. so therefore they get more power. You can use wild colors to bring joy to viewers. <laughs> Energizing our souls. I'm glad Google is doing this. But why is the why is the division that makes self-driving cars and crazy like internet drones and crazy internet balloons and <laughs> self-delivery drones? Why are they separate from the part of the company that makes touch-sensitive fabric and little chips that can detect millimeter motion, uh, you know, above them, so you can have touchless control of things and 3D sensing cameras? Well, I why mean, are those separate? All the things that you just named, aside from the fabric, but like the the touchless controls, that is something. That that would be great for a very serious hardware division. Right. Right. Like think yeah. think about the R and D that Apple does. Like they did 3D touch. They've got like the I, mean, I think we all have trackpads now that don't click but feel like they click. Oh, Nicholas trackpad clicks. <gasps> yeah. Oh, um, oh, I have a real click over here as well. You got a real this click? Is, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Wait, why? Uh, my, my trackpad doesn't click. It, it only it only gives me the impression and of clicking. Do you have to tap it? I hate no, that. No, you don't you have can, to. You can, you can still push it. You push it, and you can select how resistive it is. You don't know about a force trackpad? Oh, it's I so know. cool. So it's just a little, got a little squishy thing on it. And when you push on it, it detects the push. And then there's a little motor that like goes at you, and you feel the click. Yeah. So you're not actually clicking a physical thing. It's clicking at you. Wow. Yeah. Click back. How cool is that? <laughs> they should have let me name that. Right, so there, there yeah, is. It's way better than force touch, right? <laughs> yeah. Click back. Click back. Click back. So there is, yeah, I, I think exactly. You, you have, even for Google Glass, you can see how like touchable mater, material that has mm. electronics in it could be interesting. But yeah, they need to make products out of that stuff. They don't need to just hang out and play around. So maybe this hardware division will focus that energy into real products. So, okay, so what does Google actually make hardware-wise? They make the Pixel, the Pixel C, the Chromecast. The OnHub is made by somebody else. The Nexus mm -hmm. phones are made by somebody else. I but guess it, they make glass. They make glass. Mm -hmm. You know, I... But like none of the stuff that, other than the Chromecast, none of the stuff that Google like directly makes itself is like a mm -hmm. huge, massive smash success. Right. And the Chromecast, I mean, Chromecast is a huge success. Yeah, but it does nothing. Like it's it's like one little thing. It's its cheap little like that's that seems like the least hardware work possible for them. Nah. Which I guess is right. Like I don't know. I mean, what what do you think that Google wants out of this hardware division? I don't know. They just they they consolidate everything and put uh, like the former head of Motorola in charge of it. So. Presumably, they want to. I don't know. He's four head of Motorola, so maybe they don't want to sell that much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, <wow. laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Ah, man. I. I mean, Microsoft did the same thing, right? And then pissed off all of its hardware partners, and then didn't get anywhere. And right. I feel like people aren't banging on the door to buy phones and stuff from Google. They just want a, a ton of options, and especially within Android. There are so many options there. 
the hardware that Google does have right now seems to exist entirely just to kind of nudge other hardware manufacturers in certain directions to say this is where right. we're going with the software, this is where we think the ecosystem as a whole should go. And for the most part, it's worked, and also it's delivered some very good and cheap phones to huge nerds like us, which is great. And I don't want that to stop because I don't want to pay $700 <laughs> for a Galaxy. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine... Google just like ramping up a full scale, like we want these phones in every single carrier store, we're gonna do massive advertising. I mean, I guess that would be a huge business if they could make that succeed, yeah, it, but. that's kind of interesting. Like, like the, your first question was, what do they wanna be profitable? And if Google decided to make a profitable hardware division that was less based on this world domination with their own operating mm-hmm. system, which some of their partners are already, you know, a lot of their partners, and Samsung, Samsung especially, kind of toys around with, what if we did a different operating system, yeah. you know? If, if, if their partners wanted to do something else, Google could be, the, be an Apple mm-hmm. and not have to be so, I don't know. I feel like Apple is in this good position where they don't have to be as evil as Google. I wonder with if, their software, right? Because they can make profit off of hardware. Google Although only not, not profits so much off of last quarter. Okay, no, <laughs> Google only profits off of basically search and Android, right? Yeah, At well, they, the Play they, Store yeah. a little bit. I guess there's also the fact that many countries seem to be concerned about the Google's requirements that Android phones ship with all of its different apps and services. Should that come to pass that they have to pull back on that? It might make sense as a backup to be selling its own phones that are obviously going to come preloaded with all of that stuff. That but that, that whole bit, lawsuit. Yeah. Like the more I think about this lawsuit in Europe, the, the like stupider I think it is. It's really dumb, right? It's a really competitive landscape right now. Mm-hmm. People can do whatever they want. I just uh, I I, re- I want Google to piss off all its um, partners and get like another viable mobile operating system, just for my own joy. Uh, I mean, that's going to be an it's going to be hard. It is. It's really hard to I make guess another thing, mobile. Okay, here's the thing. The, the thing that's going on in Europe, the only the reason we don't have a problem with it is because we're like, wait, but stock Android is so good. But imagine a world in which stock Android is like not good and Google Apps are actually carrier bloatware, right? Like, would it be more competitive if actually Samsung could not include any of those apps and then just include its own apps? And then that was what people were used to, and that was the only stuff they were using. Hmm. But go- right? Google then literally- we have the Samsung ecosystem too, built on top of Android, and then we have these competing ecosystems. Could that be cooler? I don't know. It could be, but then well, again, look we at- have that with Fire. With, yeah, with Amazon's Fire tablets, they have their own store. Well, in my hypothetical world, it's working out much nicer. <laughs> um, oh shit! We we haven't talked about like the most important Google news of the week, which is. Uh, Chromebooks are going to be able to run like any Android app. Pretty neato. Would you want to run an iPhone app on your MacBook? Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things I'd like to do on the computer instead of a phone. I mean, I hope that it happens, if only because it might make uh, Android apps on tablets not garbage. All all Android apps on not all a bunch of Android apps, even Google's own apps like Google Docs on a tablet is not a good app. Mm. It's a terrible app. But if They've, they can run them on Chromebooks, then all of a sudden it goes from like the 10 people who bought a Pixel C to the millions of school children who are using Chromebooks, and they'll have to make it better. I would hope. It's really, I, li- I like this theory. You, you, you ran this by me yeah. before. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 
Uh, I mean, I would love it for that to happen. It's really fascinating that Google is trying to scale Android from like, it's very good and successful on phones, but like it hasn't worked on tablets yet. And it worked now on the 7. It worked on the Nexus 7. That was in like 2012. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, and like, we're still remembering the glory days of the Nexus 7. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is going to a bigger screen size really going to be the thing that saves them? But the thing, uh, the other thing is these apps, you can still run them in their like small little phone size on a Chromebook, right? Yeah, I'm sure. And I would totally do that too. Just, you know, like when I look at my monitor right now, like Twitter is like a phone app, basically. Are there a lot of great Android apps that don't have great web apps? Well, Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Instagram has a website. Yeah. Yeah, you can go to the I website, mean, but you can't take pictures. You that's, can't add okay. stuff to it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Games. I mean, games. You gotta yeah, play a game it. on your laptop, like a mobile game on your laptop. Yeah, why not? You know, like tap the screen to jump. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Just oh. you wait. Play dots. I play dots on a Chromebook. No, I mean, I, I, I definitely like the idea though, because it's the just, thing is, like Chromebooks right now, it, we still sort of think of them as these things that are like not quite there because they don't have real apps; they're just the web. But suddenly, if they can run Android apps, then we're building this. Well, I, I mean, are the Android apps running locally? Or are they in the cloud somehow? TBD. I mean, if they're in the cloud, that's crazy because then you have all of this. I, I mean, Google is just slowly. This is what I was thinking of. Oh, you're talking about the death of the web now. Yeah. You're all right. So let, let me speak, let me back up a second. To, to my because, heart. So I was at um, Google's office earlier today, and they're showing this new HP Chromebook 13, and they're right. like, "Look how cool um, cloud like virtual virtualized apps are through Citrix." And I was like, "Snooze, this is boring." <laughs> but here's the thing. So they had like you know. PowerPoint up or whatever, and it was just like running like PowerPoint, and that's fine. I'm not gonna set up a virtual server, that's not never gonna happen. But imagine if all these Android apps are coming from the cloud as well. If that's the case, then you have this like basically shell of a computer that is able to do, you know, whatever because it's not running on the computer. And Google is like sort of like backdooring its way into this. I feel like this has been this idea for a Same while. The thin uh, plan. So, yes. yeah, this is the dream of the '90s. This is the dream of the '70s. Yeah, it's is, today. is the Chromebook it? Yeah, could be. Why not? Yeah, um, which I think that'd be really cool if that's what happens. If you know, I don't know how well Chromebook would run an Android app otherwise. I guess it would be functional. Yeah, it's really cool, except that uh, when you don't have good connectivity, it all goes to hell. Mm. Right. Like that. I know that's like a really basic argument, but it's still true. Connectivity is not perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it it bugs me because the rise of the Chromebook coincides with like me learning to program and mm. starting to like love my terminal, and, right? Like, and like this idea that like I love just being at the low level of my computer and I'm a hacker. I can change folders. <laughs> I can copy files from one folder to another with the terminal. You can program and you can create your own software and you can run it all. You remember and, the first and, time you typed Mictor? Oh yeah, I'm so good. I love Mictor. Um, you can touch a file. <laughs> I don't know anything that's happening. If you type, if you if you go to your terminal right now and you type touch and then space and then the file name, it creates an empty file of that name. Yeah. Just like to make one. Yeah, just mm-hmm. to have a file. And if you type, just with the power, then, with the power of your words, then if you, you type, created a digital thing out of nothing. If you type, okay, that's kind of interesting. If you no, type vim space the file name, you'll open it up in a text editor that you will not know how to quit out of. <laughs> <laughs> And if you open it up in Emacs, you will literally never be able to. Um, what if you open it up in both uh, Vim and Emacs at the same time? Your computer explodes. No, I'd be fine. All right, I'd be fine. Yeah, I'd right. be fine. But the but like the Chromebooks, you can like hack them. They're, they're running Linux, mm-hmm. just like Android is running on Linux. 
and you can like hack them and have access to the real Linux. And I wish they were going more in that direction. I wish Google decided to make like a really great Linux distro instead I mean, of like bolting Android on, which is like my least favorite Google product, onto Android is your least favorite. Yeah, Chrome OS seems so clean to me. It's a browser, which is the most important thing. Have you seen the Material Design update? Yeah, I'm running Canary. I've got it on Ooh. my Chrome browser. It's not. It's not fully, fully, fully done yet. But yeah. I'm excited about that. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm bouncing yeah. between Chrome and Safari right now. Chrome is Safari fun, dude. It's, I'm using this. I'm using the last year's MacBook. It is slow as hell. Hmm. It. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, um, okay. Apple mm-hmm. next. Apple Watch is going to have faster processor and cellular connectivity. So then, what can you do? <laughs> make if calls. You, like, you, maybe make calls. Or I guess no, you get stuff gets, when you're not. Get data without your phone. Yeah. Yeah, you could go for a run without having to have your phone also there yeah, to That would be nice because then you can listen to, um, maybe you can listen to music. You could stream Apple Music. With. This doesn't seem like it would know. work. They can barely do battery life right now. Mine's dead right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, so <laughs> everybody wrote their like one year of Apple Watch anniversary articles and mm-hmm. we didn't write one. Uh, mostly because I like I had already gotten all of my complaints about the Apple Watch out like last month when I wrote that thing about any, if your if your watch takes more than three seconds to do something you blew it. Mm. But like the basic attitude of literally everything I've read it. Oh, so one year the Apple Watch. What do you think? Is like man sold really well. Kind of sucks. Okay, but the problem the problem isn't the hardware. I don't think the problem is the hardware at all. Unless it's the battery right? size of the battery. I mean the battery. I've I. It, if it had a bigger battery, the screen could be on all the time. Of the time. I, I mean, that's never been a problem for me. The screen's always, <sighs> on, always on when I want to look at it. It's crazy. The battery Maybe mine's broken. lasts until the end of the day. Of course, the battery only lasts until the end of the day because I don't really use it. But, <laughs> that, I mean, that that is the problem. The problem is that Apple has not given me something that I can use beyond getting notifications. And if that's all it's going to be, just for you notifications, that's cool. But, like... Make it the best darn notification experience. Like, I don't know. What it's a terrible notification. Am I going to have to pay like Verizon to hook up my Apple Watch now? Yeah, maybe. Well, I'm not going to do that. AT and T lets you have the same number. I don't. They do charge an extra like five, ten bucks a month. I'm not paying five dollars a month to have a connected Apple Watch. Like, that's not the new feature I want. Like, the feature I want is so, something that makes it like actually work better. Yeah. Do you know what the buttons do and the knobs? I'm slow. Actually, I'm trying to give my Apple Watch a real second chance. So I've been wearing it for a whole week. Okay. Straight. And yeah, I'm. We're kind. It's. How much? I don't know do what they do. I, I, I know what they do, day. but like when I like go down to do something I, to it. I honestly, know. like, I I like it for workout stuff, like mm-hmm. tracking things. I like to look at numbers when I'm done and be like, I did do that much. Like I took a bike ride okay. and I was like, I wonder how I wonder how fast my heart goes when I am riding a bike. Like that's interesting to me. Um, but then, like, during the work day and stuff, I'm just always accidentally archiving emails that I don't <laughs> want to do that with. Right? Yeah. And I like, actually spent most of this week untangling the relationship of Vogue and Apple, which really hinges on the Apple Watch and will be on both of our websites tomorrow. Ooh. Wrapped mm. in the Verge. Um, with Kwame. And because the, the Met Ball is coming up, which right. Apple is sponsoring on Monday night. And yeah, what, give us a preview of what's going to happen on Monday. The annual fundraiser for the Costume Institute, which is like the archival clothing department of the Metropolitan Museum of Art here in New York, is having their yearly 
benefit. And it's this like crazy red carpet where celebrities from all genres will be there. Who's going to be there? Like your Beyonce's. Like, <laughs> like your you Beyonce's. Know, Come um, on. She shut it down last year. It was like Kim came. And then like a little while later, Rihanna came. And I was like, ooh. And then a little while later, Beyonce came. And it just was like, oh, and everything. And then whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, but, so it's a huge red carpet, whatever. It's like big, splashy, like the most aspirational thing in pop culture, I think, right now. Okay. Um, grander than the Oscars, grander than the Grammys, et cetera. And Apple is the sole sponsor this year, putting all the funding dollars behind, which would be many dollars, I assume. What does that sponsorship get it other than the like headlines Apple is sponsoring this thing? Like, they, yeah, so they get almost no say, but they okay. get their little logo on these things. But as I timelined obsessively, I think they got a lot more out of the deal than just this, um, including like 12 consecutive ads a year ago in Vogue that should cost $190,000 per page. But I'm guessing they didn't have to pay for that. $190,000. Yeah, they got a couple different covers across like the franchise. They got a lot out of like whatever it is that they did broker. But yeah, so then, so the big, the big thing is on Monday night and it opens this exhibition that is loosely fashion and technology through the ages but what it really is is like how machines and hands make clothes so it's like super granular production it's about like lace by hand but then like the machine stitching it's so so reachy (laughs) and i really think it's because apple was like we want to do we want to be part of this cultural experience like we want to be aligned with you but we have to have the word tech in the name like i don't care what you do just like please put tech in this year's exhibit and they were like, okay. It's better than Apple like wanna... LED dresses. I mean, maybe that'll be there. No, I'm saying anything would be better than like LED light up dresses, right? Yeah, it's just going to be like, I've seen a preview of it. And we will have a video actually on The Verge too on Tuesday morning. So you can check it out if you're not actually going to be able to make it to the museum. But I don't know. It's going to be splashy, but like it's so... It's really, I'm curious. It's really weird to me. Are there like going to be Apple watches there or is it, you're literally not going to know Apple's there or? Yeah, I don't think you will. Huh. Okay. So they just, I mean, I guess it's over this past year you're saying they've gotten mm-hmm. to be more associated with the fashion world because of this. Mm-hmm. So it's like ingraining them into it. I guess. Yeah. It's just like trying to like be part of the, hmm. be part of the culture, basically like trying to buy into a world that they can't seem to get themselves into by them organically. And um, I kind of go into why Vogue wants to take that from them and vice versa. Hmm. It's an interesting relationship that you have. Yeah, that's interesting. So when Vogue like decides to put an Apple Watch on its cover, I mean, you're thinking that that's something that they've explicitly worked out, not like Vogue's like, oh my God, this is so... We have to have it. Yeah. Well, I think there is a little bit from, like, I think like Vogue is, they just announced an app today. It's their first app. Why did you <laughs> do that right now? I don't know. But <laughs> they seem like very, like, like, fearful about technology and very frazzled and and nervous and it seems like Apple is kind of like the sexiest company that they could like manage aligning themselves Mm -hmm. with of all if you have to embrace this new world whatever I mean at the magazine like every editor there is over 50 and these people and like not that 50 year olds can't be in touch with technology these are not in touch with technology so the minds that are making decisions there are like uninterested and like it, this stuff doesn't come naturally to them and you can tell throughout the whole franchise but also they have really loose 
advertorial vibes, like right. things that are sponsored. There's this Kendall Jenner exclusive issue going out to subscribers only in New York and L.A. It's completely sponsored by Estee Lauder, which Kendall Jenner is a face of. But they're saying it's not advertising. It's editorial. Hmm. Everything's blurry over there. Uh, I just don't know who Apple needs to convince that they make cool things. Yeah, nobody. They need to convince that the Apple people that the Apple Watch is cool. That's the thing. Yeah, they only they haven't talked about phones at all in any of this focus. Yeah. It's pure watch. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't think that Apple's things are like less cool and less like aspirational than they used to be? Because I feel like now I think that's dropped. Yeah. I. I mean, rose gold though. Is it? It's a color. It's a color. It's totally a color. Dusty salmon. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. Lightning round. You ready? Ooh. Oh yeah. You ready? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, season six, episode one. I don't watch it. Oh, Girls is over. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> Great lightning round. <laughs> Sansa's awesome. Um, tipping your Uber driver. Fascinating. I only like skimmed this to be honest. Yeah. It and it, and it seems like Uber's it, real mad at us. Oh really? Because we're like, look, if the drivers get to ask for tips. They're going to ask for tips, and if you don't tip them, they're going to give you a low rating, yeah. and therefore you're going to go down. It was like, no, no, it's totally, it's totally voluntary. It's like, do you understand human nature? <laughs> These people are trying to get paid, right? I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why. Why wouldn't I mean? I could understand if they were like, oh, we're going to bake this into the cost, and then people would be angry because Uber costs more, and it just started costing so much less. But asking for t- it's like, and also the whole who cares cash like, right? Yeah, Uber should just pay them more. I didn't read the article. Oh, God. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to start using Lyft. If it becomes like a real genuine thing, like I'm switching to Lyft because they have a tip button in the app, right? I mean, that's yeah. the answer. Mm-hmm. It, because I haven't used Lyft in a long time. You don't. They. You can just get in the back seat and not talk to them, right? That's, yeah. That's. <laughs> no, that was the thing when they first launched. You were supposed right. to like, get in the front seat and like fist bump and be like, "Hey, let's oh, chat." Oh, the mustache. Oh yeah. God. No. No. Wait, no. I don't want that at all. I'm so sorry for not reading this earlier. Yeah, you're, you're a bad person. <laughs> but are you? is this saying that you don't tip them in the app, you have to have cash to yes. tip them? That's ridiculous. What's the point of Uber if you had yeah, to have cash? Yeah, well taxis. Why do you think everybody's so angry? This, okay, wow. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> Switching the lift. All right, cool. Um, US, Intel wants USB-C to replace the headphone jack. I agree. Headphone jack is great. Bring it back. It's never gone. It's not gone. It's going to go away. <sighs> it's, it's a tiny little thing. It's worked just fine. We all no. have a million pairs of headphones. No. Leave it there. No. I don't know enough to care. Do you, do you like having a headphone jack? Yes. Would you mind if all of a sudden, in order to listen to music, you couldn't use that headphone jack? You had to use the, your lightning port? Like a new thing? That'd be annoying. Why, why are you so happy about it? I love every, every time Apple's decided to destroy a plug, um, and not just Apple's trying to do this. Lots of people are interested right now. Yeah. It's been great for society, I feel like. Uh, and it's USB-C. Firewire? Yeah, lightning. Okay, fine. I just want to embrace the craziness that you can get. Here's what, here's what I want. Circuit Breaker's changed you. <laughs> I want a phone that I plug my headphones into, and it charges my headphones. And then sometimes when I feel a what little What if you want to charge your phone? Let's go get to that later. <laughs> if I'm feeling a little zany, unplug my headphones. Oh, wait, my headphones had electricity going to them this whole time. They're super charged up, and now I can listen wirelessly, and everything's great. I just think it's, I think it's going to be cool new things that will happen because of this. Yeah, we probably should, if we want to be slow and, and, and special about it, we could, we could have headphones that work off of USB-C and also still have the headphone jack. But... 
But I think we got the right, like rip the off Jack is not causing the any problems right now. The iPhone isn't right using USB-C. The iPhone's using Lightning. Right, right. And so yeah. now, it's like, not only will you have iPhone versus Android, you're going to have like, Apple, my head, can I borrow your headphones? No. Apple should <laughs> No, you to, can't. Apple should move to USB-C, and I would really love it if they would. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, two more, and then we got to go. Actually, no, I'm, I'm doing it. Lemonade. Cool. Yeah. I liked what she was underwater. <laughs> the that was really no. I mean, there it is. Is so visually cool, but also yeah. yeah anyway, oh, it's great. Who has the time to watch an hour long album? I watched like five seconds. I was like, this looks really cool, but I gotta go to bed. I'm saving it for the weekend. You're insane. I signed up for HBO now and all of that jazz. I did so much work to watch it yeah. when it it was a lot of work. Was yeah. it worth I it? I had to change passwords. I had to change payment methods. I had to use my phone and my computer and my TV to make oh it happen. God. And I did it, and I watched, and it was great. And I, as soon as it ended, I was like, I don't envy anyone who has to write this think piece, because it is a fuck ton to unpack. Yeah. Jameson's think piece, he did a pretty good job. Actually, I actually think about him a lot mm-hmm. when these things happen, because yeah. I'm like, oh, Jameson, Jameson, self-proclaimed media puppy, has to handle yeah. this. I've actually been trying to avoid spoilers, which is a really weird thing to say about this album event like video thing yeah I wait for the twist when she sings a ballad yeah I don't know (laughs) what would the twist be I don't know dude you don't even know what happens in this there there is legitimately a plot there's I know there's a plot I like know more than I should right now I've been trying to I don't want to spoil it for deets I'm sorry for being so uncultured (laughs) Uh, SpaceX Mars 2018 I'm going cool Cool. Follow Verge. You literally just said three things that sounded good. On so Twitter, I- <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, on Twitter, we're Verge. On Snapchat, we're Verge. On Instagram, we're Verge. Uh, we also have Circuit Breaker, which you should definitely follow on Facebook, facebook.com slash Circuit Breaker. That's also on Twitter. It's other places as well. Um, you can like us on iTunes. You really ought to. In addition to the Vergecast, there's also Control Walt Delete. There's What's Tech. There's Verge ESP. Uh, Recode's got a bunch of podcasts. You should I listen was, to all of those. I was on What's Tech this week. Paul was on What's Tech this week talking about Circuit Breaker. Probably more job. more intelligently I than I know. did about Circuit Breaker. Uh, uh, more intelligently than, than I than I when I spoke about Circuit Breaker. Uh, no, I don't think I did. A, I didn't. I don't know. Fine. It was a great podcast, it a great podcast. and it's worth listening there to, but if you want the most precise definition of a gadget blog, which I attempt to give, I don't think I did a great job with that. But I love the conversation. I'm at Backline. Nicola is Nicola underscore Fumo. Paul is Future Paul. Jake is Jake underscore K. Yep. Yes. Thanks for watching, nice. everybody, or listening, or whatever you're doing in order to consume this content. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Paul. <laughs>